across the globe that is connected. <clears throat> Our business today is to prophesy. Why should we focus on prophesying? Look at the book of Joel. Go straight to the scripture. If you are the one on the board, you should know it. What chapter of Joel? Good. 2.28, it says, what shall we read together? Ah, stop, stop, stop. Read the word of God for me. Shall we read the word of the Lord? Stop. Why should Christians prophesy? Shall we answer together? Because? Because what? Say it in your own dialect if you don't. Read that scripture again, shall we together? And afterwards. Stop. Because I wanted to read with your heart. Why should we prophesy? Because of the promise of God. The Bible says so. Why should you prophesy? Because the Bible says you should. Who is the one speaking here? Is the, is the Father, God the Father. He's speaking through Joel. Prophet Joel. Let's read it again. It says, and afterwards... You know why I said you should re- read it again? Some of you have not really read it. You are just saying it. When you read the word of God, it is your word. It is the word to you by your father. Yeah? So read it as it is to you. Shall we read it again? And afterwards... So who are the sons and daughters? I can't hear you. Say it loud. Say it loud. Very, very loud. That's the scripture. God says you will prophesy. That's why you prophesy. That's the first thing you must know. You are not prophesying because you want to try to prophesy. God says, Sons and daughters will what? Did I read it correctly? That's it just says we'll prophesy. But now understand this therefore. Because you are a son of God, you are a daughter of God, you are you have accepted Jesus Christ, and God the Father said you will prophesy. Then we have to understand therefore what will make you prophesy. If you are having problem and you have not been able to prophesy, when you talk of prophecy, you think it's for some people. I first want you to know that that is a wrong thought. To prophesy is the right of all children of God. And I love this translation here because it says, uh, sons and daughters. Joel really says sons and daughters. But when you go into the New Testament, it begins to refer to heirs and sons. Okay? But you will put it very, very great. It says sons and daughters. So that none of you who is a Christian could exempt yourself from it. If you are a child of God, then God says, because you are his child, you will prophesy. Ah. 
Good. But what will make you prophesy? He says, afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Why would God say this? Before, because at that time, he only put his spirit on some people like Joel and others cannot. Are we in agreement? In the days of Isaiah, there's only one Isaiah. In the days of Samuel, anybody wants to know what God is saying, would go and look for the prophet. That's the reason why Saul went to look for the prophet. In these old days, can you imagine somebody in this time having understood that the norm is that just some few people are selected by God to prophesy. And he is now saying that, look, this is a, an old order. Another order will come when God will take that umbrella off. And all people of God will prophesy. In another words, they will have ability to do so and they will be able to do so. But he said the distinction between the old time and that time coming afterwards is this. The Spirit of God in, that, in this time of Joel come upon Joel, come upon Israel, and come upon a few other people who are called prophets. But he, he's saying, but God says, and after this era, a new era is coming, that God will pour His Spirit upon all His people. That is anybody who is called God's people. And those who are God's people, you and I understand and know this. And if you don't on television, you're watching me, you only need to understand that God's people are those who accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So anybody who is not numbered among the people of God cannot prophesy. But then if you are numbered among the people of God, what will make you prophesy is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Because it says, afterwards, I will pour out my Holy Spirit. And the aftermath of this is the will word prophesy. Now let me help you understand this. In the book of Acts chapter, chapter 2 verse 1, it says, and, after, uh, and when the day of Pentecost has fully come, yes, they were all together in one place, isn't it? Let's keep on reading it. Uh-huh. Yes. Go ahead. Then verse 5 says, Now... Mm-hmm. That is, they were speaking in their own language. What does that language, what, what are they speaking in the language? Read it, verse 7. Utterly amazed. Yes. Then. And then. And so on. 
And then So So what were they declaring in the tongue of man? That is the prophecy. I wanted to read it because some people have said that, you know, in this place when they were speaking in tongues, they spoke in human tongue. And so in their own naivety, they said that Christians are speaking tongues now that we don't understand. And they said that if it was the Holy Spirit, they should have been speaking tongues that we understand. Now, it is because, you remember yesterday I told you, the, the only uh, deterrent for anyone to be able to operate in the Holy Spirit is ignorance. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Now, I help you understand that ignorance is a great killer. And the word ignorance means unschooled. And the word unschooled means uninformed. Because this scripture tells us that they were speaking human language because they were declaring wonders of God in their tongue. Because that day, people came from all over the world into Jerusalem. And these people have different languages. But they were worshippers of God under the old Judaism. And so, the Holy Spirit had to open the mouth of the members so that they will speak a language they were not educated in. But in that language they were speaking, they were ministering the wonders of God to those people in their own dialect so that everyone that was present can hear the gospel but in his own tribal tongue. So that there is no, you don't need interpretation for that. So, and that scripture establishes therefore that any time a Christian is speaking in tongue, he speaks mystery. Mystery means hidden. Something that is unveiled to normal reasoning. Are we together now? So, the reason why they have to speak in those human languages is because the Holy Spirit wanted to speak to those people in their own tribal tongue, in their dialect, so that nobody will need to interpret to anybody about the mystery of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But if you look at it, there are four. Here, when they were filled, they were prophesying. Prophesying is speaking mystery. Listen, listen. That is unraveling mystery in human dialect, human language. Look at the book of Deuteronomy 29.29. Let's see what that says very quickly. It says, the secret things belong to God, but things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of the Lord. Give me the King James Version. It says, mysteries, the secret things belong to God, and uh, things revealed belong, but those things which are revealed. The other translation says, the secret thing, when it mentioned there, it says mysteries. A secret thing is a mystery. Mystery belongs to God. So if you go, to, go back to the book of Acts, when it says that they were speaking mystery, that is, they were revealing a hidden thing, that is the word, which is prophecy. Okay, evidence of that, let's quickly run through it. It is your right to prophesy. When I finish today, you will begin to prophesy. Before my word is over. Look at the book of Acts chapter 19, verses 1 to 6. It says, why Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at um, Ephesus. 
There uh, he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we have not even heard of the Holy Spirit. Understand ignorance? They were saved, but they never heard about the Holy Spirit. Born again, but never had the Holy Spirit. And because they never heard of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit would not manifest. Because if the Holy Spirit manifests, somebody will call another person mad. The Holy Spirit does not humiliate people. He educates you, or He does it in a, in a place where those who know about it will be there. So that if you don't know what is happening, they will tell you what is happening. It says, the answer, no. Verse 3 says, now, it's, they, they answered him, let me read verse 2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? They answered, no, we have not even heard about the Holy Spirit. Then verse 3. So, Paul asked, what, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming from, um, uh, after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of Jesus, of the Lord Jesus. Verse 6 says, when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit well, came on them, and they spoke in tongues, and what? Prophesied. Because that's what Joel said. Christians should not just be speaking in tongues, we should speak in tongues and prophesy. Yes? We will crack it tonight. Don't be afraid. The first thing that you must know, which I have told you, and you must believe and agree with me, is that God said you will prophesy. Simple. So, to prophesy, therefore, is your right. It has been built into your biology. Hallelujah. Tonight we want to crack it. So that it will come out of you and come into your mouth. Amen, somebody. <laughs> You know, I'm very sure that if I ask you this in CFT Church, many of you who have been with me for a while, especially when I just start prophesying about things that will happen in the new year, in nations and stuff, you know, you may be, you may be having, of course, in, in you, there are, each one of you have various thoughts. That, well, how is Apostle coming about these things? Some may say that will they happen? And when they begin to happen, you begin to say, oh, wow, Apostle said it. But when you look at it really, some of you will be wondering that, but Apostle is not shaking, and it's he, just him as if he's talking, and suddenly he just started telling all these things. How does that happen? You asked a question like that before? Today, it will happen to you. Yeah. <laughs> How it happens, I'll let you know. But it begins from this. You must believe that you can prophesy. And it's your right to prophesy because of one, one person, the Holy Spirit. Because of the Holy Spirit. So, those people got baptized the Holy Spirit they spoke in tongues. So it's your right to speak in tongues. And then prophesy. Look at Acts chapter 10, another scenario, verse 44. It says, why Peter was still speaking these words. That is in the house of Cornelius. The Holy Spirit came, came on him. Uh, sorry, the Holy Spirit came on all who had the message. Verse 44. The circumcised believers who had become, who had come from, who, who have come with Peter, 
were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been brought out even to the Gentiles. That looked like abomination at the time. Because the people still believe that it is for the Jews. Despite the fact that Peter said in the chapter 2, remember, for you, your children, your sons, and for those who are far off, to all that God will call upon unto himself. Under the unction of the Spirit, he said it. But with natural, Peter was shocked when he saw it. And that tells you that that statement he made in chapter 2 was prophecy. Because you are not the one speaking. Holy Spirit is speaking to you. If Peter knew what he was saying in chapter 2, uh, from verse 35 downwards, he would not be amazed when he sees it. When you are prophesying, you are hearing it as others are hearing it. Sometimes you will speak prophecy and then your consciousness will come back to you and you say, did I really say this? Am, am, I, am I the one saying this? This is too heavy for me to understand. And you are the one speaking. But what happened is that, that in a level of prophetic, when God really wants to push out things that are talking, you are a loudspeaker. But in another reason of prophetic, when you are speaking it, you can control it. And the Bible says in chapter 14 of, of 1 Corinthians, the spirit of prophet is subject to that prophet speaking. It is not talking about the spirit of prophet of somebody is subject to another man. No, it's not subject to another man. Your own spirit is subject to you. But let me say this to you understand too. There are some level of prophetic that you can't control your spirit because God is saying it. You are a loud speaker. And that one you are hearing as everybody is hearing. You wonder what you said. Unfortunately for you, you cannot withdraw it because it has already come out. Hallelujah. Huh? It will happen to you tonight. So what happened here? They were all filled. He said they were... They, he said this... this, this they, they were all filled. They, they heard them speak for verse 46. They heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, Can anyone keep these people from being baptized? These people got filled with the Holy Ghost before they were baptized. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus. Then they asked Peter to stay and stuff like that. Now, do you know that there is something I want to call your attention to here before we go? Look at the verse 1 of that scripture. In verse 1 of that chapter 10. At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in, who, in what was known as Italian regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. Did you see those two, two qualifications? Yes? Come on, are we together? I want to help you understand the secret into another realm of the spiritual. They were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Alright? One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly what? Saw who? Who did he see? Who did he see? And it's interesting, the Bible says he distinctly saw. That means that he was not seen in a mirage. It was not a shadow. It was not parallax. He saw, like I have seen you, you are seeing me. 
So somebody can see open vision and he's not born again. And that thing happens till today. A lot go to the YouTube and, and write there Iranians born again. A good number of Iranians who got born again, Jesus appeared to them in their room. They aren't born again, but they saw Jesus. Not in the sleep, face to face. Because why? Those people were not born again, but they were God fearing. And they were seeking the true God, but in the wrong place. And because the Lord saw their heart, He came. He sends angels to many people. If anybody truly is seeking God, the Lord will send an angel to them. Now let me help you understand. Why is it that many Christians don't see open vision? The qualification for open vision is to be God-fearing. Check your fearing, your God-fearing life. Hello? Did you hear what I said? Do you like what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You do? Let me help you understand this. The Bible said Cornelius was God-fearing. Yes? And he explained to us what God-fearing is. He prayed regularly. He gave to the needy. He does not judge the needy. He gave to them. I hope you get where I'm going. I hope you understand what I'm saying. He didn't say to them that I'm not the one who puts you in the condition. Why should you be in the condition you are? He looked for those who have need and he gives them. He was comforted. Beginning from the church, where you go, your church here, somebody is, somebody says, you know, I got admission, I'm going to university. And you look at the family and you feel that, well, the family is financially strained. They never say it. Everybody puts on good face. And you dip your hands in your pocket and give a gift to them. That's to support your son that is going, or your daughter that is going, please. And it came from your heart. It doesn't matter how much it is. It may be very much. If God has given you so much, you do it. Some, some, some students came back from university. It's time for them to go back. And you know that they are single parents. And you know that it's only one person fending for them. And without you being told, your heart loves to do good. That is God-fearing. That is God-fearing. When you have, you want to give. That is God-fearing. Now, born again is different from that. Because you are born again doesn't mean you fear God. Are we together now? That's the reason why many born again don't see vision. I wish I can open your heart. And all what I know in my head about this putting in you or in my spirit. Because they are too much. I will speak about vision tomorrow. So that I will dwell on it. Let's go on prophecy. You can see easily. But we are talking about prophecy now. Isn't it? So. Acts chapter 15. Verse 8. If you read the book of Acts chapter 15. Let me read from verse 1. Some men came down from Judea to Antioch. 
And we are teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom taught by Moses, you cannot be saved. We still have them till today. This brought Paul and Barnabas into sharp disputes and debates with them. So Paul and Barnabas were appointed along with some believers to go up to Jerusalem to see the apostles and elders about this question. The church sent them on their way and as they traveled through Phoenicia and Samaria, they told how the Gentiles had been converted. This news made all the brothers very glad. When they came to Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church and the apostles and elders to whom they, they reported everything God had done through them. Then some of the believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees stood up and said, the Gentiles, were, the Gentiles must be circumcised and required to obey the laws of Moses. The apostles and the elders met to consider this question. After much the, the discussion, Peter got up and dressed them and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago God made a choice among you that the Gentiles might hear from my lips the message of the gospel and the, and, uh, the gospel, the message of the gospel and believe. God who knows the heart showed that her acceptance showed that he, sorry, God who knows the heart showed that he accepted them, that is the Gentiles, by giving the Holy Spirit to them just as he did to us. They spoke in tongues and they prophesied. If you look in therefore, to prophesy is synonymous to speaking in tongues. And if we go back to Joel, chapter 2. Joel says, when the Holy Spirit is poured out upon you, you have two capacity. You can speak in tongues, which you do. But you can also prophesy. Yes? Let us go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, very quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And then we look at the gift of the Spirit again. But understand our focus is on the gift of prophecy. Ability to prophesy. That's what we are looking into tonight. It says now about the spiritual gifts. I do not want you to be ignorant. Underline that and can I remind you. When you are ignorant of something, it means you cannot operate what you are ignorant of. You may buy a car. You don't know how to drive. You just be looking at the car every day. No matter how expensive the car is, you'll be admiring how beautiful, how glorious, how powerful, turbocharged and stuff. You can only sit down in this, on the seat so much comfortable and then get out of it. He can't, you can't, he can't drive you on the road. Not because the car does not have the ability, but because you are ignorant of it. You thought the car is just um, 
uh, a toy to adore the front of your house. So many believers do not operate the power of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, because they are ignorant about it. Okay. It says, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking of the Spirit of, Spirit of God says, Jesus be accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. And in this scripture, Paul helps us to understand that everybody who said, Jesus is my Lord, have received the Holy Spirit. Yes? I can hear your amen. amen. Nobody can be born of God except by the Holy Spirit. The first work of the Holy Spirit in a man is to bring you to Christ. He will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. But now, we are talking about the Holy Spirit now inside you coming upon you and that is a different thing pour out all right so therefore he went further to say in verse 4 there are different kinds of gifts but the same spirit underline these gifts and spirits the holy spirit give all gifts the next verse says shall we read it together Please. Okay, you are still looking. Read it now. Number one is gifts. Number two is service. So, Holy Spirit gives you gifts. Jesus calls you into a service. Function. All right? And then the third one says, shall we read it together, please? I love that. Combination of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, Jesus is the one who gave birth to the church. He bought the church with his own blood. Alright, therefore, every one of you called into the church, he has a service for you. I am preaching the word now because I am called to this service that I may serve you by the preaching of the word of God. And because I rendered myself to the service, so are the words I'm speaking are not my words, but his words. And that is what brings revelation to the ears of man, transformation to the life of people, restoration into marriages. And then when God sees that I now begin to preach the word of God, uh, by the Holy Spirit of God I'm speaking and then God sees that there is somebody here who has been sick and it needs to be healed or he has to demonstrate the gift of healing and then God will walk in me the gift that the Holy Spirit has put in me and I will speak to the healing to the person's sake and it shall be whole. So, God, Jesus calls you to service. Holy Spirit gave you gift. God works the gift. But he cannot work a gift if you are not in a service. It is not possible for God to work a gift when you are not in a service. Somebody visited me just before this meeting, and the person had issues, and was telling me the situation that he had. And those situations look like coincidental situations. Alright? But as he was speaking, I picked up in my spirit that, 
Accident can be by human error. Yes? But what led to the human error? You can't explain it. So it is spiritual. What man cannot explain is spiritual. Because somebody driving a car, okay, and he's been driving all the time, very careful. There's no reason why you have an accident. Suddenly, someone driving a car, just blank up in two seconds, and before he recognized, he had crushed another car. What is the point for the blanking off? If any doctor have a, a, an answer to that, I will ask him what is the story for that answer. And he will have nothing to say. Because there are things that man do not understand. I told you before, God gave me a vision of two, a husband and wife, and they were speaking to one another, and suddenly it became a heated argument, and the man slapped the woman. And the Lord says, see, they rewind the tape. And the woman says something. And by his spirit, the spirit landed on the man's, woman's shoulder. And she says something. And that spirit went to the man's shoulder and the man replied. And the spirit went to the woman's shoulder and spoke to her ear. She said something. And moved to the man's shoulder and the man replied. And after some time, the spirit was moving. Vroom, 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 And the man hit the woman. And the Lord said, that is what happened behind the bottom. After the man hit the woman... The man said, what have I done? I have vowed never to touch my wife. I would get it now. So, the man was speaking to me about the situation that happened, accident and stuff like that. And the Lord revealed to me, in my spirit, that it is occultically biased. And there is a spirit behind it. And then he said to me that, Apostle... Before I traveled, I had a dream. Okay? And he said the dream, I saw somebody. And when he said I saw somebody in my dream, the Lord brought the person standing before me. And I saw the person wearing white to the, to the breast wrapper and holding a mantle in her hand. This mantle of oxtail that they give the chiefs, and a red tide around her waist, uh, her breast area, and then with two protégés in white, and they were coming towards the house of this man. As this man was speaking, I was seeing what he was saying before he said it. So, but he did not describe, he just said they were wearing white. I said, stop that, let me describe to you the white they wore. The white they wore is, because you have various white, you have plain white. It was not just white. It was uh, this, um, 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 this type of, uh, it is, it, I don't know what you call it. You can't call that in English. Are you laughing? It's not an English dress. Ashoki. Say it in English. <laughs> It is the clothes of the top. <laughs> is it like kente? 
<laughs> if you are from Ghana, you can understand Kente. I walked Kente two weeks ago, but it was white. So, as he was saying to me, it's white. I now described to him what I saw with the red band. He said, yes, there's a red band there. And I now told him what the woman was holding. He said, yes, apostle. Because he said they were holding something. And I described to him what I was seeing. You know why I'm saying this to you? We're talking about prophetic today. And this is how prophetic works. This is how prophetic works. Why did God open my eyes to be able to see what he's saying? Because I was serving Jesus in his service. To minister to the need of his saint. And if somebody comes to me who has so much complex problem, as far as he's concerned, really his problem is extremely complex. And I have to listen to the complex problem which he believes only God can solve. Okay? For me to give instruction unto him and for him to really have total faith that what I say will come to pass, God walks the prophetic to show me what he has not told me. So that I can tell him what he saw. And then he will believe in the Lord and he will believe in his prophet. And when I make a declaration, it will be so. Because he has faith. That's why God let me see it. So, when I've told him many things by prophetic chamber, which is the word of knowledge, and then he finished speaking of what he spoke. While he was speaking and I was listening to all his problems, they are complicated. Okay? For anyone to now tell a person who has a complicated condition that you know really there is no problem in it. You need the word of wisdom. Now, first of all, as a minister, I have to listen to all what he said. And you know when people have problems, they don't talk little. And you cannot stop them. You must listen to everything they say. And as a minister of God, you must attend to everything they have mentioned. How do you remember everything to detail that they have said? How about listen to an hour discussion? Is the word of wisdom. By a prophetic of God. Not only that. Now taking each of the situations and then bringing solution to them. To their conviction that yes, that is the solution. It does not happen by a man's intelligence. Holy Ghost gives the gifts. Jesus calls you to service. If you make yourself available to the service, then the Father walks through you. That's it. That's it. That's it. But you know something? When people come to me with complicated problems like that, I'm always happy. Because it's another <coughs> opportunity to share in God's divinity. Hallelujah. <coughs> and when I opened my mouth and I began to tell him what God told me concerning the matters from the first one, second one, third one. This one is not a problem. Why? Because of X, Y, Z. This is how you handle this. This is how you conduct this. This one really is not a problem because of X, Y, Z. This is what God is saying to you. This is what God will do. And this is how you handle it. By the time we finish, by the time we got to the middle, the tension in the face had gone. Joy has filled the face of a man who came totally miserable together with the wife that is 
explanation of that verse 4, 3 and 4. Different kinds of spirits, different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Different kinds of services, but the same Lord Jesus. And different kind of operations or working, but the same God working. You know, hey, listen to me. Understand that this is not automatic to every minister. That tells you that it's for all Christians. It's not because you are a minister that happened to you. No, it's for all Christians. I have operated in this before I was even ever ordained. Ordination does not bring manifestation. No, God is the one who works the gifts. But when a man serves with his heart. But the gifts is there. It is the Holy Spirit that bestows the gift. But understand... Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Stop. All of you are not ready. I said, Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Hmm? Yes? No? He shall? And? Such? Who do what? The word seller means pause and consider what you have said. Let me help you with this further in prophetic. This scripture said, seven. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for what? Now we are talking about prophetic, not all the gifts. But this is the underlying factor to all gifts. If you prophesy, what has happened? The Spirit manifested over you. And God works it out. Yes? You pray and command the lame to walk and he walked. Okay? The Spirit, walked, the Spirit manifested in you because God works the gift. So when God tears a gift up, it is the Spirit of God that manifests that gift. Okay? But God is the one who tears it up. Okay, now I want um, um, dead to be raised here now. Have known that somebody will bring the dead. And then the, God will begin to walk in the man. And he will go to the cops and say, I command you, rise up. And the Holy Ghost will manifest it. The dead is raised. Alright? So therefore, the reason why Holy Ghost will manifest gifts is when there is a common good to be attained. That is the goal. Okay. It says, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Which means that if I have a gift, it is not for my good, but for your good. Yes, that is the word common good. You get what I'm saying now? Your gift is for my good. I am sick. You have the gift of healing. You pray for me, and I am healed. Okay, I have the gift of prophecy. I can tell you that, oh, you see, last week you were praying over these issues, isn't it? And you say, yes, and hear the word of the Lord. By next week, at such and such a date and time, this is what will happen to you. You will meet this man, this is where you meet the man. And that man will do this for you. Because God had your cry last week, and God is answering it. Really, God spoke to me about you, you get a job now. So, and God said that. So, he had blessed me with his healing gift, I'm healed. I have blessed him with my prophetic gift. 
He goes and says, yeah, I'm no more praying. I'm thanking God now. I'm th- Father, I thank you. And he's looking out for that person. That day came and he met that person. Yes, you are the one God is talking to me. Before you know it, those things happen. So the gift of the Spirit is not for anyone to boast. It is for the common good of others. So if you have a heart that God, give me two so that I may show them. That's why you never get anything. It's not to show anybody. You are nothing if God uses you. You are just a servant. Somebody prophesied and he tells us what will happen next year to detail. Yes. It's not the one speaking. It's God revealing through him. We respect the vessel because God used the vessel. But the vessel cannot puff up because he's being used by God. Or else God will stop working. And Holy Spirit will never manifest unless God works. Understand this? Are we together now? So then we move to the next one. Are you learning something tonight? You know, prophecy is what we are going to zero in. The next one, verse 8. To each one, or to one, there is given the Spirit, or the same, through the Spirit, the message of wisdom, the word of wisdom. To another, the message of <clears throat> knowledge. We talked about word of knowledge. And by the same Spirit, then the next one says faith. By the same Spirit, to another gift of healing, by, this, by one Spirit, by that one Spirit. And then to another miraculous power, to another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirit, to another speaking in different tongues, to and to steal uh, a different kind of and to steal another interpretation of tongues. Now listen, therefore. So here we are talking about prophecy. That's what we're doing tonight. But understand, I told you in prophetic operation. There are other gifts that manifest like gift of wisdom, gift of knowledge. I've explained that to you with the scenario now. And the sermon sometimes kicks in in prophetic, you know. And um, faith is so essential to trigger prophetic. So, therefore, prophecy. What is prophecy then in understanding to you? We have known that prophecy is speaking the mystery of God, isn't it? Come on now, church, let's speak together. Because I'm almost finished now, you're going to pray. Yes? Prophecy is speaking the mystery of God. But let's see chapter, chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, verse 1. Write these things down so that you can teach them as I speak. Somebody grow wings. And she flew. And those who intend to catch her caught the wind. So it is. For the one who has been asking God for promotion. And somebody sat on it and terrorized her. And the Spirit of God shall blow. And she will grow wings and she shall fly above his contemporaries. It shall be a celebration for her. You will rule in the midst of those who have gone together to hinder or oppress you. My word come to pass immediately. A book of remembrance is opened in the presence of the Father concerning those who fear the Lord and who talk to Him. Listen to what it says here. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire what? Spiritual gifts. You want it, it's not what you desire today and it doesn't see you again until next year. You won't get it. Really? You know, in career, we can get to the peak of our career. On earth. 
Yes? If you work in a company, you become chief executive. What else will you become? You have become the chiefest. But in spiritual, you don't get the climax. There's a higher dimension throughout your lifetime. So therefore, that's the reason why don't let Satan kill your desire for it. Spiritual gift desire. Even if you are prayed in the nine gifts, see desire because in each gift are various chambers and heights of and levels of operations. You know, in this church, God has used me in all the nine gifts. He does all the time. But you know, if you look at my operations, those of you who have been here for a long time, you will discover that even in the same area of gift, over the years, the Lord has taken me to higher dimensions. Because why? I desire nothing first more on earth than this spiritual gift. Because this is where success lies. I will gather. In the power of God lies your success. And if you operate in the same level every day, every day, every day, those who are coming behind will bypass you. Okay? Not only that, you become stale. <laughs> Amen. I love this. I love it. Because you see, you must desire spiritual gift more than you desire to marry. If you are getting older and you are not married, you don't have a problem. God is, is, the, is preserving you for the best. Somebody didn't look at me. Don't let anybody put tension on you. You are better single with peace than to be double with pieces. You, you open your door, you are the only one who enters. And angels can talk with you. It's better you say praise God and it's only angels who say amen than to go and associate your hand with somebody when you say praise God, you say shut your mouth. But this is my house. Who told you that? <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Be anxious for nothing. Let your focus change. Desire spiritual gifts. In this church, desire spiritual gifts. Hey, desire spiritual gifts. <laughs> I will take you out, some of you now. I can tell you several testimonies, some which you have heard and heard and heard before. I started in Olivet by praying for the sick and God will heal the sick. People who have headaches, you know, very easy. Headache, go in the name of Jesus, it goes. Because you can't see it. Hallelujah. Ah, pastor, I'm having pain in my back. In the name of Jesus, pain, go. Faith, and it goes, yes. Because you can't see pain. And one day I was preaching with Pastor, Pastor uh, Anojo. He was even around just, uh, I think, a few weeks ago. And then as I was preaching, I prayed for the sick. And after pray, opening up program, after praying for the sick, I said, those of you who are healed in the first prayer, come to this side. And people came out. So many people. I said, if you were not healed, come to this side. This side. And they came. And the first person standing with me, the, the left leg, yeah, it was the left leg, 
It was something like this. I was here. Was totally withered and short and lifeless by polio. So it was short up to here, about three quarters of the, or the other leg. He was holding the crutches and that leg is dangling. The next one, his hand was like this, stiff and dead. You see all the fingers black. Hey. In the natural I will say, why did I call those who are not here out? <laughs> Hallelujah. At least I have prayed. And those I can just say those who are healed come out. I will together now. But why did I call those who are not healed? After all, when you pray, you want testimony. Your testimony come out. Why are you asking for the one who didn't have testimony? But you know, you will find yourself in that crossroad because God spoke through your lips before you recognized what you were saying. If you thought twice, you will have shut your mouth. But the fact is that when Holy Ghost pushes you, He will have finished pushing you before you, dis- you will ask yourself, how did I get here? Now how will I go back? If He brought me here, He has to take me back. Hallelujah, somebody. So, therefore, the only solace for you at that time is for faith to trigger in. And that is the reason why I told you during the message yesterday that faith is the nucleus of all the gifts. And you have different levels of faith to trigger different gifts. Yes, we'll talk about that in a minute. So what happened to me was that I saw myself not by my volition, by the volition of he that is walking through me, went to the leg and grabbed that leg. Pastor Dakwa was there. I said, go in the name of Jesus. And I held the leg. When I said that, Holy Ghost manifests. Because God walked and the leg began to stretch. When the leg was stretching to the ground, myself, Pastor Joe, Pastor Eric was there. We were going to the ground with the leg like this. Because God allowed us to see a leg growing in slow motion. I have prayed for, this, for the limb that the leg just pumped, you know, healed. But I have never seen a leg growing gradually, gradually. We were all going down days until the leg reached the ground and then he expanded. Man, and when you see that, what happens to you? <laughs> what happens to you? I don't know. I don't know where I was. The whole of my head was spinning with the power of God. Hallelujah, somebody. I was looking for every dead body in the chromosome. I wish they were there. So the second one, therefore, I said to Pastor Joe that hold it. I said, I understand that the power of God is present to heal. If we had known that, we would have taken the photograph of this boy before and after. I said, this man whose hand is with us, take his photograph. And they took his photograph. I gave him pen. I said, hold it. The pen fell. Stretch your hand. He cannot stretch his hand. Everybody look at him. They were looking at him. And we had the photograph of that one. With the hand like that. And I said, go in the name of Jesus. I pulled the hand. The hand went, bah! And before our eyes, the fingers began to stretch. I said, yes, that is you, God, working now. And the hand stretched. The place turned upside down. You know, the people, other people have little, little sickness. 
Uh, when you wrestle down the, the strong man, the others, they are already on the floor. Before we lay hands on them, God was healing them, you know, because their faith have turbocharged. So we have the photograph of that one with the withered hand, with that hand withered, and with that hand stretched. God walk, okay? You are in service, Holy Ghost manifest. So therefore, if you look at the gift of prophecy, follow the way of love and eager desire is a gift. You must eager desire. That height was different from the height I started when I was praying for headache. If I stop desiring the spiritual gifts I operated in healing, I will not get to the higher gifts of healing if I don't desire anymore. Don't ever think you arrive when it comes to God. You are just beginning at any time. There are greater things in God that this world had not seen. God is waiting for hum- humble people who we eagerly desire. When, desire. when you desire something, it becomes your food. It becomes your water. It becomes your song. It becomes your praise. Any prayer you pray, you last for it. It takes you over and then you will enter into it if you don't stop. Let me say this to you. I have never fasted for a gift before. Except for the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I was told to do so. And I lost my wedding ring for it, no problem. <laughs> when I was looking for Holy Spirit, I didn't know that it doesn't take so much heart. In our own time, they didn't teach us much. As I say, you want Holy Ghost fast tomorrow and come and, come and pray. And we fasted. And we began to pray, 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 pray. We got it, you know. <laughs> but all the people who were baptized with the Holy Spirit during the, during the uh, 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 um, baptism we had just three weeks ago, they didn't fast at all. Because there is knowledge now. By faith you receive the Holy Spirit. When Cornelius, when, the, when, when they were speaking to Cornelius, did he fast? No, 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 he didn't fast. But he was attentive with his spirit and the Holy Ghost fell upon them. In Acts chapter 8, when Peter went and laid hands on them in Samaria, did they fast? No, he just touched them. What about the one I read to you from 16th of chapter of Acts? Paul laid hands on them and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Faith is what God needs from you.